Happy Thursday, fam. Tavares here. So we were initially planning on doing a follow-up episode, doing the opposite. We talked about the men last week. We're going to talk about ladies this week, but we had the opportunity to do a great interview that I'm sure you all are going to love. Safa and I will pick back up on schedule next week. But for those that are here now, please listen to this amazing story of someone delivered from the pornography industry, a crazy industry, to now becoming a pastor. God is faithful. Hope you enjoy. Love y'all. All right, guys, we're blessed to have a special guest in the building, Mr. Joshua Broom. Pastor Josh, however you guys want to say it, we're we're privileged, you know, golly dating fam. We have this guy, I saw his story on social media, and immediately I was just like, yeah, I'm going to have to follow this guy and find out more. Um, As you can see by the title, he's coming from a crazy background, and as you can see, God is faithful to meet us right where we are. So thank you, Josh, for, um, you know, taking this opportunity, taking some time out of your day for joining us. Absolutely. I'm I'm glad to to hop on here and have this conversation. Uh, It sounds like we're in a similar stage in life with our families, and uh, life is chaotic. So I, I, I love that we have that in common, and I love that I love your mission and I love how well you do the things that you do. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. But it's not about me. So shifting gears. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so as you guys know, um, some point last year, we did a couple episodes on pornography and we spoke about masturbation as well alongside that. And it brought a lot of traction, you know, and a lot of people, you know, were, you know, vetting frustrations, vetting their, you know, their happiness that people are tackling that subject. But we have the opportunity of speaking with someone today who literally came out of that industry, you know, so they know a lot of the ins and outs that we don't know. We just see the website. We just see, you know, X, Y, Z, and we have our perspective of it, you know, so today I want to have you come on and it's not just necessarily coming on saying, Hey, this is bad. Don't do it. I want people right. to understand a bigger picture of what goes on behind that. So I guess the first thing I want to ask you is this, what led you into the pornography industry? Yeah, I mean that that's a great question. And I wish I could pinpoint like what like what allowed me to say yes, but long story short, I moved to Hollywood. I was studying theater. I dropped out of college. I'd been modeling for about 10 years at that point. I started modeling when I was 14. And I thought if I put myself in closer proximity to some of the jobs that I was pursuing, it would make more sense. And I moved to Hollywood and things were going fine. Like I had an, I had an agent for modeling. I had an agent for mainstream and runway. And I was doing a little bit of acting. I wanted to do acting the most. Like that was my passion. But I was doing okay. You know, I'm not killing it. But I was, you know, I, I, I wasn't starving. And like most people in Hollywood, I had to get a secondary job to make, in, and make ends meet. And I was working at a bar slash um, restaurant. And these group of girls come and they sit down and they're all, you know, pretty girls. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to, you know, put the charm on them, whatever. And I go and I talk to them. They're like, hey, have you ever thought about being an actor? I was like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Because like for me, I'm from South Carolina. I'm all about relationships, about like meeting people, you know. And I was like, man, like they're going to, they're probably working on a project and they're going to be able to introduce me to someone because it's all about what you know. I mean, it's all about like who, you know, because if you can get someone to introduce you to someone else or get someone to vouch for you, like that is more often than not how you get really good opportunities. So 
I was like, awesome. I was like, yeah, I'm an actor, you know, blah, 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 blah. They're like, no, we're talking about porn. I was like, what? Because I had seen it, but like for me, it was like my kids meeting Spider-Man in, yeah. in a sense where it's like, I didn't believe this was a real thing. Like, I didn't think these were real people because like when you watch that content on a screen, you don't think about it being an actual person with feelings, you know, like you don't think about that. You, you right. consume this pro, you know, consume this product and you, you treat sex or pornography consumption like as a transactional thing. Yeah. So you remove all emotions from it. So all of a sudden I see these people sitting in front of me and they're like, Hey, do you want to be a part of this? I was like, yeah, sure. But it was like, it wasn't something that I really thought I was going to do. Like I never planned on being a porn star. Like that was, that was never my plan. I never had any desire to do that. I wanted to be an actor. Like that was my passion. Like I wanted to play in the NBA, but all I had was uh, I had a J, but I couldn't play defense. But, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, I, that, that dream went out the window real quick, but I was like, I just wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be, I wanted to be in that lane and I was like, sure, I'll do it. And they asked me to meet with their agent. And I go, and I'm thinking it's going to be super, something super sketchy. Like, I'm going to go and like meet with this guy in this hotel. And he's going to be, you know, picking lint out of his belly button or something weird. And I get to this place in Studio City. And it's adjacent from Universal Studios. And I walk in this giant business complex. And there's Bentleys and Benz. And there's a private elevator. And I go up this elevator. And I walk down this hall. And there's this guy sitting at this desk and he's got a three-piece tie on, a double Windsor tie. And he asked me a few questions. And man, the the 16, the my mom had me when she was 16, and I didn't know my dad growing up. Like we didn't have a relationship. I knew who he was, but we didn't have a relationship. And that left me trying to prove myself my whole life. And he just cut through every insecurity that I had just like a master manipulator, like heard everything that I wanted to do. He's like, you can be famous. You can make all this money. You can be a star. Like you can get all the accolades because man, the porn industry is shifting and they're starting to make these big budget movies. And then, you know, there's lots of acting in there. And then, you know, you're a good looking guy. And there's not a ton of good looking guys in porn. Like you can be so famous. And I heard all this and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. But like in my gut, like this is terribly wrong. I'm not going to do this. And I leave saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll do it. And then he sent a town car to pick me up to take me to this spot where they, you know, everyone does like a standardized like SED and AIDS test, you know, just to this lab. And, you know, I, I do that and I was living a very promiscuous lifestyle prior to that. So I was like, probably not a terrible idea to do this. And I do that. And the test comes back and I do the scene and like, even like being on set and like doing the scene, I, I leave there with this like feeling like I had, I had crossed this boundary that there was no, like there was no going back. And I quickly found out that, you know, as soon as that scene came out within a few weeks, my agents fired me. The girl that I was talking to told me to take a hike. And that girl that I was talking to worked at that restaurant. So I was embarrassed to go back there. And like, I literally like was walking through like Genesis two, Adam and Eve, they were naked. There was no shame. Genesis three, shame enters the picture. 
and I start to hide because I feel guilty. I feel ashamed and I start to isolate myself from every authentic relationship that I had. And I, you know, very, like, as soon as my parents find out and my brother finds out, my friends find out, like, I'm humiliated. So I start pushing them away. So at the same time, I'm pushing every authentic relationship that I have away. I'm increasing in my fame. And I end up doing over a thousand movies. I won, you know, a ton of awards. I was nominated for best male performer of the year three times. And I won it once and I made over a million dollars. And I say all those things to be transparent because what I found is in 2012, when they called my name, when I finally won the award that I thought that would make me happy, that make me feel like I was enough, I wasn't there. I was at home crying my eyes out, asking the God that I didn't know if I could die. Because what happened was I had the money, I traveled the world, I had the fame. And I realized once I had all those things, it shattered my, my, my world because I thought all those things would make me happy and I was still empty and alone and ashamed and broken. And that caused a depression so deep and so dark that it nearly led me to take my life. Right. So that, that was my time in the industry. So um, a few regarding a few things that you mentioned, you know, you mentioned how it started with, you know, desiring simply to be an actor running into a group of girls and they're, you know, Hey, would you like to, you know, try for a movie? And you don't, Hey, it's like, sure. But then when they're explaining, you're realizing this is not necessarily where I thought this conversation was heading, you know, probably, right. probably just got a date or probably would have got an actual movie, you know, but you say that, and it makes me think of, of think of Amnon in the Bible. It mentions that Amnon knew he had an ungodly desire for his sister Tamar, but because he had a friend that was sneaky and conniving like the devil named Jonadab, then it leads him down a path where it's just like, oh, well, you know, no big deal. I mean, let me just give you a, a script of what you should do in order to get your sister. And then it led down a dangerous path for, for Amnon eventually even lost his life because of that. But it just right. it just makes me, makes me um, think of that situation. And then you also mentioned how being in that industry was leading you to push people away and being in that industry was causing you to in some ways isolate yourself not necessarily everyone is pushing you away but some ways you're kind of pushing them away because it's you know it's just the I guess the grossness of it the, the stickiness of it you don't really want to be around so my question to you is how important you know for the people listening will you say are godly influences because obviously the wrong influences help navigate you there but then yeah. you had good influences in your life, but because of the issue, caused you to push them away. So what are your, your thoughts on having godly influences in your life? Yeah, I, I think that's incredibly important because in any aspect of your life, you are a product of your inputs, you know, because whatever you put in your body will dictate, you know, what you look like and how healthy you are aesthetically to a certain extent. In yeah. the same way, whatever we allow in our life in regards to media, regards to people, you know, there's behaviors and um, what we are okay with. Those things start to dictate how we see ourselves, how we are, you know, how we believe we should appropriate ourselves into the world. And I mean, I think it's so important for you to have a vision for yourself, because if you don't have a vision for yourself, you're allowing other people to lead you. Correct. And if you're allowing other people to lead you that are not going in the same direction that you want to go. The product of that will you will you'll you'll be riding their to their coattails to destruction. Yeah, and I want I want to lead back to 
a little bit prior, you mentioned, um, you know, when you were getting a chance to go to, you know, across somewhere, Universal Studios, where the, like the, the, the major base of where all the executives and all these people are, you're mentioning how appealing the buildings were, you know, fancy right. cars and people probably yeah. dressed nice. You probably thought, you know, it probably would look like a surf club in there, but everyone looks great. It's looking like, oh, this is, this is where I would want to see myself. And it makes me realize that people have to understand that sin always looks desirable. Oh, absolutely. Sin is always going to look like something you will enjoy. You know what I mean? But like you said, it always ends in a, in a negative pitfall. Um, but I want to touch on the fact that you mentioned um, just slightly, you could talk about insecurities because you mentioned, you know, part of, you know, not knowing your dad or other issues in your life may cause, you know, some slight insecurities in you. So how, how does um, a young person listening to this right now that may have the same dad issues, that may have the same self yeah. issues, how do they target, you know, those insecurities so that they may not end up in pornography, but they may end right. up watching it or they may end up in something else, you know? So how, what, what is, what is your encouragement to them that's battling those insecurities that you had to face? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I believe the lie and, and that's, you know, that that's a whole nother conversation, but I, I believe the lie that became a truth because I believed it for so long that I had to do something to be somebody. Yeah. I had to earn value. Yeah. My value is indicative of who God says I am. Yeah. God says that I am worth so much that he was willing to send his son to live a perfect life and die. Mm-hmm. a horrific death for me so that I can be restored into a right standing with him. Like I am worth that. I have intrinsic value. I have gifts and talents that God gave to me so I can make an impact on this world. That's who I am. But if I allow other things to dictate my worth, to dictate my value, I'm going to begin. I'm I'm going to continue chasing after this unrealistic expectation of myself or i'm going to chase after this unrealistic expectation of what i believe is going to make me happy like that's the biggest part of my story that's the consistent part of my story that i'll share over and over and over again is that i achieved everything that i believed would bring me happiness and peace yeah and once i had it it destroyed me because i realized how empty and alone and sad i was like no one is a prostitute. And I mean, I think it's like truth stings sometimes. And sometimes you have to call things for what they are. Yeah. Pornography is prostitution, whether it's OnlyFans or you're, you're, you're paying for pictures or videos or whatever yeah. it is, whatever app it is, whatever form it is. If you're paying for sex, it's prostitution. And at the end of the day, when you put your head on the pillow, no one feels good about that. No matter what kind of car you're driving, no matter how many commas you have in your bank account, no matter what kind of house you're in, when you put your head on the pillow at the end of the day, you don't feel good about yourself. Yeah. And I have 30 people who were in my life, in the industry, the same time as me, who saw their life the same way I did in that I can't do anything else because my life has no value. Because of what I've done, I don't have a future. And because of either OD or suicide, they took their life. Yeah. And they had everything. At one point, they were famous. They had, you know, they made hundreds of thousands of dollars. They had everything that society says, that's it. 
That is happiness. That is success. That is what you want. That is what you need to chase after. And at the end of the day, Jesus is the only thing that brings you peace. Yeah, and man. that's what I had to find out very, like, that's what I had to find out the hard way. Yeah, it makes me think of Jesus' baptism. You know, you can hear the Father saying that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well yeah. pleased. And he's done no miracle yet. He's done nothing right. yet. And a lot of times we feel as though God approves of us after we've achieved right. something or after we've done something. And that shows us it's really about a matter of relationship. You know, Romans 5 and 8 tells us that while we were still in sin, Christ died for the ungodly. So he didn't right. wait until we got it all together to, you know, to come clean us up. You know, so I definitely think that's important for us to understand um, because like you mentioned, you know, a lot of like, it was, it's easy to look at all the money you're making. And we think even, you know, from the outside looking in, like, oh, these people must be happy. This isn't abuse. This isn't any of those things. But I recall yeah. a famous woman was following the page and I, I don't know what she's famous for. I just know it was a blue check and too many followers and all of her pictures were seductive. And I was just like, well, this is odd. Um, why is she following yeah. a page called Golly Dating 101? You know what I mean? Because it's clear as day from the pictures what type of line of work she may be in. You know, yeah. and I remember um, I told one of my friends and he would just like, reach out, invite her to church, like stop overthinking. You know, so I messaged and I was just like, hey, here for you anytime you need um, need it, sis. So just be praying for you. Left it at that. And then she reached out mentioning all of the brokenness that she was going through. And in my head, wow. you're smiling in every picture. You look happy yeah. you have, and you have all of this going for you. But that doesn't mean you have peace, you know? Yeah. And definitely my page is going to be controversial. I'm going to talk about sin. So they didn't stay for a few months, you know? <laughs> but yeah. I'm glad that I could plant seeds of hope, you know, there. And just pray that God can, um, you know, bring her back into the fold or touch her life or change her whenever, you know, yeah. she goes to him. But my thing is, it's easy for us to overlook how how serious, you know, how, how, how big of a pit sin can really be in and allow people to feel blessed when the reality is really brokenness that we're masking. Um, but you mentioned what happened at the, you know, the award show and you weren't there, but I guess I would want to ask what made you get out of the industry? Was it that, like that specific moment when you felt, as yeah. Well, yeah, I have to be done. Yeah. So I, it, it, it's a pretty neat moment. So shame caused me to always when I would get a check I would always want to put it in the ATM or in a Dropbox like I didn't want to go to a cashier or you know a, a teller and hand them that check because on the memo it had what the movie was for and I on this day I ATM wasn't working and you know there, there wasn't there wasn't any other way so I had to go to the teller and I go to the teller swipe my card she asked for my number whatever and then she does a transaction deposit the check she hands me my receipt and I pivot and go to walk away and she says Joshua is there anything I can do to help you Joshua is is, is there is there anything you need and what was important about that is I had gone a whole year without hearing my name because I had a stage name I had a mask that I was wearing 24 7 I had pushed every single person away in my life even the gym that I that I trained at everyone called me by my stage name so I wasn't talking to my family I wasn't talking to my friends and the only thing I knew was this plausible reality that I created and that's the way I saw myself but when she spoke my name she shattered the reality that I was living in and I went home and I wept because I looked at the person in the mirror when I got home and I had no clue who I was.
And like, that was a moment where after I pulled myself off the floor, I like picked up the phone and I called my agent, called you know, the, the company that I was contracted with. I called my PR person, really, you know, put out a press release and I ran home to my mama, you know, ran back home to South Carolina. But I wish I could say that like, that was the moment that I knew that that was a God moment, but I didn't respond to it in the way that I wish I would have, because I went through a two year period where. I started working in a gym and I started having some success as a personal trainer and I got mentored by a strength and conditioning coach. And I was, my life was going in a, in a, you know, a positive trajectory, but all of a sudden I was removed from making that money. I was removed from all the affirmation. So I was just that guy with a past that everyone said, Oh, you're that dude. No matter if I was working at whole foods in the, you know, in, in the, in the freezer, or, you know, I was working at a grocery store and I was personal training and I was barely getting by. And I just like life was hard because I thought if I stopped doing that stuff, the pain would go away. But I just tried to sweep it under the rug. And then there was this girl that was in the gym and I, and I tried to go put her uh, equipment away, try to be real smooth. And she was like, get out of here. I can put my own equipment away. I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, I was like, hey, can I take you uh, to, can I take you out to dinner sometime? She was like, no. I was like, hey. I was like, well, she was like, well, what about a run? We can go for a run. I was like, okay. And I meet her to go for a run. And I'm sitting there waiting for her to come out to the car or to come out to the trail we're going to run. And I just feel this like guilt because I had lied to everyone I met. I lied to everyone about my past. I was like, yeah, I was just in California. Please don't Google me. Please don't Google me. Please don't Google me. <laughs> But just like, just lie to everyone. And it hurt a lot of people. It hurt a lot of people because I was not honest. And then they would find out. And they were like, why didn't you tell me about this? And then it just caused a lot of tension in my life. But this person that I had met, I'm like, man, this person does not deserve to be hurt. This, this person does not deserve to be misled. So I was like, hey, I did a little bit of porn. She was like, what? What'd you say? What'd you say? And I was like, hey. And then, and then I told her everything. I told her everything i told her you know i told her that i kicked my brother in the shin when he was 12 years old like everything everything and at the end of that she just looked at me for a few seconds and i was like man is she about to knock me out like what like because for sure i thought i would tell her that and then she would tell me to you know get out of here or i just i can't deal with that and what she said instead was well do you know who god is i was like yeah, you know, I, I believe God created everything. Like, yeah, I, I believe in God. She was like, okay, well, do you have a relationship with God? I was like, uh, what, what do you mean? And she just asked me a few more questions. And then we just continue this conversation. And then at the end of that walk that, that there was supposed to be a run, she asked me if I wanted to go to church the next week. And we go to church the next week, and I hear this story about Mephibosheth and how I thought the guard was going to kill him in the story, but instead he ends up at the king's table. Yeah. And then I hear the gospel, and I respond to it, and I let go of not a lifetime of shame and guilt from porn, a lifetime of thinking I didn't have a father and I found out who my father was. 
And that radically changed my life. And that person is my wife. And we've been married for five years and we have three kids and we do ministry together. And the, the beautiful part about my story and what, why I wanted to connect with you is this, because when you understand who you are and whose you are, there's a passage, there's a piece of scripture in Roman in Second uh, Timothy three sixteen where it's talking about all all, all uh, scripture. scripture is God breathed and it's good for teaching, rebuking, reproof. But reproof was the word that I really leaned into for almost two years because I had to dismantle and destroy the way that I saw myself, yeah. the way that I saw God, and the way that I saw people, and that changed everything. Yeah. And what I love about that is my wife and I, right? So we meet. We meet. And a guy that had been in a thousand pornographic films, we're sitting in a premarital class saying, yes, we're going to, we're going to commit to purity because we're, we're, we're going to put God at the center of our relationship. And, it, and just like people believe this lie that you can't choose to be holy today, yeah. that you can't choose to pursue holiness from here. Because yeah. while, while, while salvation is instantaneous, sanctification is a process, and there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way, but there is nothing stopping you from saying, hey, Jesus is Lord. I'm going to live my life in dedication to him, and I'm going to pursue holiness, and it doesn't matter what I've done, because 2 Corinthians 5.17 is real. I'm a new creation. That person is dead and gone, and the way that I'm going to live my life is going to be constructed by who you say I am. Yeah, so man. like like that that was a game changer for me because yeah, like man. people don't, believe don't, don't, that because don't. of what you did that's who you are and that's yeah. how you have to live and that's just not true i think that's probably part of the reason why judas decided that he had to kill himself because people yeah. also denied jesus and he yeah. was and he ended up preaching on the day of pentecost while judas decided to hang himself you know but but regarding a few of the things that you said you know definitely loaded you know so i'm only going to pick out a couple of the things <laughs> Um, but you mentioned that, you know, you left that and it was still a trying period for a couple of years. And I wanted to point that out because I think a lot of times we get the illusion that because we're leaving sin, life right. automatically gets easier. Right. You know, and I want people to understand my mom said when when they weren't saved before my mom got saved, she said, man, money was everywhere. They had all they needed. You know, everything was taken yep. care of. She said it wasn't until she started living for God when life got hard. You know, and yeah. I think a lot of people, they turn away from God because they're like, why would God stop me from why, 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 you know, they, yeah. they just think, and it's not like we're believing, you know, prosperity gospel, but it's the fact that we just think, oh, well, God is good. I'm going to, yeah. you know what I mean? And a yeah. lot of times that's just not the case. And I remember a guy, he struggled with homosexuality that came to our church many years ago. And then he came and then, you know, God saved him. God changed his life. Like, I, like we didn't even know it was the same person because one day he came with dreads. I don't know what listen that altar call changed his life we saw him yeah. the next week and no one realized it was him like the hair was gone everything the yeah. whole thing everything was different and it wasn't until he started talking i was just looking like wow you know but the reason why he ended up going back to sin is because you know he worked in like a cosmetology field so he was always around homosexuals you know and a lot of women so that spirit was always still bothering him but in his head well, I'm saved now, so I should be fine. When in reality, no, just because you're saved doesn't mean temptation right. is not coming. It doesn't mean that life just automatically gets easier. 
you know, just promises that God is going to be with you while you're going through that storm. You know, so I love the fact that you pointed that out, you know, and then because there are a lot of people here that are struggling because they're feeling as though God has forgotten them. God is not forsaking you. The Bible says in Psalms 46, and that God is a present help in trouble. So we have to remember yeah. that it's in the trouble that we're really experiencing who God really is. Yeah, um, but I love I love that story in Mark 4, um, towards the end of it, where, you know, the disciples there, Jesus is like, hey, let's get on this boat and go and go across, you know, the this the this body of water and it starts storming and yeah. Jesus is asleep and they wake him up and he's like, you know, come on, you know, chill out. And he, and he he says, peace be still and the storm stops. But what I love to look back on that is whose idea was it to get in the boat? Exactly. Jesus. So sometimes. God's going to let you go through something so that you can see who he is. Yeah, that's 100% correct, bro. But it's in regards to when you met your wife, you know, I want to make a point because I think a lot of times our sin and our shame, like we, we're so afraid to be honest with people, you know, but I really think that when you're open about your issues, open with your struggles, like it will not push the right people away. Like I yeah. literally ran into someone today and the way I greeted, the way he greeted me, and I haven't seen him in months, maybe even a year. And he was just like, man, you know, I backslid. And yeah. I was just looking like, that's not how we really greet one another. Lately, you know, right. it's like somebody's struggling. Yeah. They want to say, I'm good. God, taking it one day at a time. Yeah. We don't want to be honest. But how can God help you if you're not willing to be honest? You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that because I wasn't even planning on going where I saw yeah. this guy. You know, I'm like, God is always willing yeah. to Yeah, I, I, I preached well. on uh, Colossians 4, like two through six, but just talking about like, you know, us walking, you know, walking with wisdom and, you know, in, in, in verse six, we're talking about your speech be seasoned with salt so that you yeah. might know how you ought to answer each person. So each opportunity, each interaction, um, the way that we, we respond to people and that, you know, I was preaching on that because I was telling part of my story because it was the way in which she interacted with me and responded to me which ushered me into the presence of God when yeah. I could have been shunned and shamed and continued to see myself in that way. I mean, God's going to do what he's going to do regardless of what we do. Right. But because of what she did, it almost like it, it broke down boundaries in my life. Yeah. I think a lot of times we're just afraid because the enemy, before we do something like say it's watching porn, they'll tell us it's fine. Go ahead and do it. Then the moment you watch it, He's like, you're disgusting. You're the only person in the world that would ever do this. You know what I mean? So he's right. playing on our emotions to get us to feel that we shouldn't do it. And now we're afraid to tell someone because it's like, now they're going to judge us. And I remember um, one time I had a moment whereas I'm entertaining a lustful relationship and I had to tell this girl, leave me alone. Like, this is not going to work yep. anymore. You know, so I wrote out a long note in my phone, you know, and I went to copy, copy the note and paste it in my messages to her. Yeah. I pasted it in a golly dating caption. So the page wasn't as big as it is now, but it was still big. And it was just yeah. like thousands of people read my comments on how I'm struggling because of this relationship. And I, yeah. and I was wondering, why are so many people messaging me like, hey, we're praying for you. Don't worry yeah. about it. You know, you can overcome. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm good, <laughs> you know. And then I read my caption and realized, yeah. Lord have mercy. You know, so I yeah. thought about deleting the caption. I was just like, no. It is what it is yeah. at this point. But my thing was, it would have been so easy, you know, for me to hide that. And God knew I needed to be exposed. He was like, because yeah. you're trying to hide it and you're going to continue in the same path. But if I expose it, right. then I'm 
able to have people praying for me. You know, so I just love that because you, you didn't just get saved. You know, you got blessed with a wife and now some kids, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's, that's the dream story. But at the same time, yeah. many of us who are still struggling in, in, in general, you still have to find freedom. You know what I mean? And oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that I would not be a good steward of my story if I said, you know, I had that had that moment with Jesus and I gave my life, you know, to him, like I still had a tremendous amount of mental and emotional trauma that I had to process through. It was because like God not only blessed me with my wife, the, the greatest, like other than my wife, the greatest thing that God blessed me with was a mentor because this guy, so I, I got connected in our church right out the gate because I, I went up to the executive pastor. And I was like, hey, I have this story to tell. I feel like God wants me to build a boat. <laughs> and like my, my grandfather, he taught me that whatever you do in life, do it with everything you got and take the time to ask people who are doing what you want to do better than you are doing and listen. So I was like, hey, I want to be able to tell this story through the lens of Christ, but I want to be able to do it well. And he's like, well, there's this guy, Andrew, that just moved from Dallas and he's helping us launch this new location that we're launching. But that's that's a few months out. So he might have some spare time. But what I didn't know is I was going to spend 10 to 15 hours a week for five years with this guy and he become one of my best friends. But, man, this guy taught me how to read the Bible. He you know, taught me how to teach people how to read the Bible. We went through Greek. We went through all this stuff. That's why I went back to school, went to Liberty and got my degree in religion with a focus on Christian ministries. But even more than that, he was a good friend. And he taught me what accountability really was. Yeah. So accountability is not, you did that, man, don't do that anymore. Yeah. Accountability is, why are you doing something that you said you didn't want to do? Yeah. That's not the life that you said you wanted to pursue. Those things are not lining up with who you said you wanted to be. I love you. And I love you enough to say, that's not it. Yeah. I'm not condemning you. I'm not perfect, but I am going to say, what you're telling me you did and what you tell me you're doing, the way that you're talking, walking, thinking, it's not moving in the direction you said you wanted to go. Yeah. And it's going to stop your progress. Like that is what accountability looks like. Accountability doesn't look like, oh man, you did that again. Fool, get out of here. You know, don't like you, you, you have to walk this line where you can't be like, man, you know, I'm a, let's, let's call your wife right now. Let's call her, you know, like you have to find this like middle ground where you need to be authentically connected with someone where you can say, hey, I'm winning right now. But also, hey, man, I'm struggling. I'm losing. I screwed up. And let's talk about it. like, I mean, like people love to like, you know, talk about, you know, Proverbs 27, 17, where it's like iron sharp is iron. Yeah. It, it's only if it's both ways. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, if you can't be honest, open, and transparent with someone in your life, you're never going to become the man of God that he wants you to be. Right. Because he put people in our life to help us grow. Healthy things grow and growing things change. Yeah. And for you to grow, you need to be in community. That's definitely good. I think a lot of times we miss we misunderstand what accountability is because it's really asking those hard questions. Like you said, 
well, this is the life you want to live. So you're going this way. Talk to me. What's yeah. going on? And I think a lot of times it's it like saying they're holding you accountable for watching pornography. It's not a matter of, hey, did you watch pornography today? Oh, when was the last time you watched it? It's No, it's probably, did you watch it today? Or what led you to that? What was the trigger that caused that? Yeah. You know, it's getting to the root of it. You know, and I think a lot of times people are afraid of accountability because it forces you to grow up, you know, because yeah. accountability will make you mature quickly, you know, but yeah. before we go forward with the episode, I have a quick break with our word from our sponsor. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Just want to take a quick break to give a shout out to BetterHelp, today's sponsor for today's podcast. And I want to let you guys know about BetterHelp because they're a great private counseling and therapy service. Many Christians today, they still have the impression that Christians can't reach out, you know, in regards to their mental health. But I'm here to tell you that it's perfectly fine. It's okay to have someone help you both spiritually and mentally and emotionally, you know, so please don't think that is something wrong with that or be something that you should be ashamed of. If you feel like you're struggling with anxiety or depression or any type of fears and, you know, trauma, it is okay to reach out to BetterHelp. BetterHelp is someone, is a company that can get you connected to someone within 24 hours and you can be in constant dialogue with your professional therapist. They'll allow you to set up either voice chats, you know, you can speak with someone on a phone call, you can even speak with them face to face, you know, but it's very count, it's very convenient, it is very cheap and cost efficient. So if you guys are in need of anyone helping you, you know, whatever you may be facing and you may not have someone in person that you can speak to, BetterHelp is there for you and it's an online resource. So you always have access to it. And just because you're a listener of today's podcast, you have access to get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash godly. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash godly. All right, back to the episode. And now, so I have another question for you. I'm diving just a little bit back in this, um, and then I'll get ready to wrap, wrap us home in another question. Um, what are some of the dangers? Because despite you saying, you know, working in it, what the, like the, the frustrations and the issues and all that were, what about the people that are currently watching? Because yeah. there's a high percentage of Christians, even preachers and pastors, even yeah. ladies, because they make it seem like it's a man issue. Even right. ladies that are watching this thing, what are some of the dangers that either the path it can lead Christians down or what is happening, I guess you would say to a Christian, the more they engage in these things or because they're engaging in these things? Yeah. Um, so something that we were talking about, you know, b- before the show, um, there's this there's this phrase called um, supernatural stimulus. And ultimately, it's this idea that if I augment something and make it better than it could ever be. And then, you know, present it like what pornography is. Right. So or you know, uh, what Instagram does with like a fitness influencer, like here's this body that's unattainable. Like that's what pornography is. Here's this sexual fantasy that's unattainable and it's not real. That's not authentic intimacy. And it's not anywhere close to what sex is meant to be. So when you watch that, you are watching a lie. So if you see people for something other than who they are, 
if they become products in your mind, all of a sudden you're going to start to treat people like they owe you something. You're going to start to lack integrity. You're going to start to lack empathy. And you think, well, just watching this thing's not going to impact my life. It's going to impact the way that you see people. It's going to impact the way that you see relationships, not just sex. You're not going to be a good friend. You're, you're not going to show up. You're not going to, you're not going to understand sacrifice because lust takes love gives. Yeah. Love requires sacrifice. Love requires work. Love requires honesty, integrity. That has nothing to do with what pornography is. So when you create this thing, and have a desire for this thing that doesn't even exist, you're going to continue to pursue it. And that's how it leads to sex trafficking and rape culture, because you're telling yourself, this is what sex looks like. Yeah. It's transactional. So if I'm looking at this, like a guy walks into a room and they have sex, well, if I take this girl on a date, she must owe me something. Right, right. And then that's how like people, it's like, that's how you justify sending, you know, nudes that's how you just justify sexing you you justify that and then also within a within a relationship if you're in a relationship and you're trying to tell yourself a lie that pornography is not a big deal i'm not crossing a line i'm not crossing a boundary all of a sudden those boundaries become blurred and you start being okay with something that's not you start saying yes to something you say no to yeah and all of a sudden it changes how you think it change, it impacts your mind and impacts you know your brain it impacts the way that you interact with people emotionally and i think like the biggest lie out there is like it's not a big deal it's not going to impact me it's not only going to impact you it's going to impact the way that you treat people so it's going to impact the people that you love most man could not could not have said that any better i think it's important for us to understand that because it's so easy for us to think well i'm just watching it you know for self-pleasure, or I'm just watching it yeah. for learning purposes, or I'm just watching it. But, and it's like, we always find a reason to justify it. You know what I mean? And we're not understanding that it's really changing our brain. And I love that the fact that you mentioned, even with the fitness influencers and all the things that people show us on social media, this stuff isn't real. <laughs> right. They'll show you a, a fitness body that you need yeah. steroids to attain is not going to yeah. happen overnight. But they tell you, if you just follow me for three weeks, you're going to look just like me. Yeah. I mean, it's not real. Yeah. I mean, that, that I mean, I, I've probably preached this sermon a million times, but I was like, you know, you need the same thing to like have a good relationship with God and to have a six pack is going to require discipline and obedience. And both of those things are are acquired daily, you know? So it's like, yeah, man, it's like, I think it's just so important for people to know that like as followers of Christ, if you are watching pornography, what are you called to do? What did Jesus say that was the most important thing? Love God, love people. Yeah. You're not loving a person if you're using them as a product. If you're looking at a person on a screen and objectifying them, you cannot tell me that you love them. That person is a, is a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter of the King of Kings. And you're saying it is okay for me to objectify that. John six, John 1930 said that it is finished, right? So sin should not have any, you know, it shouldn't bind us anymore. We should be able to be free from that. We have to choose to walk in that freedom. Freedom is a choice. 
Holiness is a daily choice. I have to pursue that. I have to change the way that I see the world. And it's like, I think the big, the biggest thing about porn is like, if you see it for something that it's not, you'll treat it like it's not a big deal. Yeah. And like, for me, it's like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm creating some video curriculum in San Diego in a few weeks. And one of the big things is if I want to stop watching porn, I have to understand the difference between repentance and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. will lead you back every time. I'm sorry. Means I got caught or I I shouldn't have did that. Repentance is I'm going to take a 180 degree turn away from the thing that I know is damaging me and leading my life in a different direction that I want to go. And I'm going to move. I'm going to actively move away from it. I'm going to flee from that sin. I'm going to move towards God. I can't, I can't stay where I am and expect something to change. Yeah, man. I, it's, 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 uh, it's hard to do an interview when you're trying to like, you, you're, I'm trying not to scream preach at the screen right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to do my notes and all that while you're talking, but I'm going to, I'm going to wrap us up with this question. And I also want you to, so it's, it's a bit of a personal one, but it's, it's something that I want you to mention in regards to encouraging others as well, because obviously God did work in your life. You're mentioning the, the need for repentance from it and all of those things, but that does not mean it made it easy on your wife. Right. You know what right. I mean? Obviously it would have been easier for a question for her, but my thing is, did you feel as though it was a difficult task for her to accept your history? And the encouraging part or the last word I want you to leave is in regards to the people that feel as though, man, my history is never going to be accepted because I'm sure you right. thought that at some point. So absolutely, what happens to other people when they find themselves in, in those shoes where maybe they have kids or just a lot of baggage in general? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, like my sin is tangible and accessible, but right. no one is perfect. Right. Romans 3.23 tells us that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Correct. We, sin is our biggest problem and Jesus is our greatest need. That's just true. But I think so many people out there, they see themselves as what they did. So they stay continuing living the life that they're living because they don't see themselves as capable or as valuable enough to move past it. You don't have to stay where you are. Like you need to know that truth. You are not what you did. You're not your worst failure or mistake and you're not what someone did to you and you're not the greatest accomplishment that you'll ever accomplish what you do doesn't define you yeah you need to know that but for me absolutely like i mean i i choose to be a content creator i choose to tell my story so obviously i experience a tremendous amount of pushback yeah and you know, the, the day that my wife and I, we have three children, the day that we announced that we're having a boy, someone created a fake profile on Facebook and sent pornography to every single person on my friends list, 4,000 people, including my wife's family, mom, sister. I ended up like I was doing an internship at this place. I ended up getting let go from that position. I mean, it's real it's real. Like the attack of the enemy is real. Like, will you experience like, like that's the, that's what I want to, I want to talk to two groups of people. 
You don't want to do that, number one, because there are repercussions to it. It's true. Yeah. Can you overcome it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like for my wife, she never saw me as that person. She like she could never see me as that person because the person that she met was two years removed from being in that industry. Yeah. And the person that I've been ever since is completely different. But she she she's not, you know, oblivious to that being a reality. Like those things are true. Like a lot of people like to throw it in my face, like, what are you gonna tell your kids? Well, that's gonna be a really difficult conversation. I love my three boys more than I could ever explain. But I'm going to I have acquired the ability to share truth when it's difficult because that is what love is. Having integrity when it's difficult. So I'm gonna get this, tell them that yeah, dad made some mistakes. Dad really messed up. I'm not perfect. But you know who is? Jesus. And he changed my life. Your mom told me about Jesus. And we grew in a relationship with him. And he changed our lives. So I get to share that with them. But I mean, that's the thing I want people to know. You don't have to stay where you are because of what you did. Because that doesn't define you. You can always change what you're doing. You can always change what direction you're going. Will it be easy? No, it won't be easy. It's so much easier to stay where you are than to go somewhere else and to change what you're doing. But it's worth it. Listen, it's worth it. I don't think it's anything else I could say there. <laughs> um, it, it, I think that's just so important for us to understand because it's so it's, it's such like the devil to just make you think, man, you're too dirty. God can't clean you up. You know, right. like, you're too far gone. The Bible tells us his hands aren't too short that it can't save. God can reach at yeah. any of us where wherever we are, you know. So I, I, first of all, thank you. Thank you for coming on, you know, for sharing your story. You know, we're extremely grateful. I want you guys all to follow him. You're going to see more of his content. He talks about this, very open with this. You also mentioned your own podcast. We're going to have, obviously, seeing your book somewhere, national bestseller at some point, you know. So we're extremely thankful for you know for what god is going to do at known church but but man it's so important for us to, to grasp what was being said today because a lot of you porn is not your struggle porn is not something you're ever going to work for or something you don't care to ever watch but at the same time you have an issue and the devil's going to try to make you feel as though god can't use you or god can't have a plan for you or no one is going to accept you but both of us are living testimonies that God is able to change you despite what, you know, what your past is. So we just want to encourage you today. Um, I'm going to have Josh, Josh's info inside of the description box so you can check him out and, you know, support the ministry. But man, I'm just so thankful for what you did today, bro. So I just want to thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. It's my honor.